Grace you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. That psalm we just all read together, Psalm 46, is a great psalm to, to, to memorize, or at least parts of it, and then to quote whenever you are in uncertain or even dangerous situations. It was an important psalm for Martin Luther. It was the basis for his hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, because uh, dangerous situations was a part of his everyday life as he challenged church leaders who were known to burn at the stake those who disagreed with them. And even the original person who wrote the psalm, he lived at a time when there would be nations that would invade and surround Jerusalem with their armies, and there was a lot to worry about. In comparison, our list of worries probably pales next to those two men. When 2,000 people were asked uh, to list their worries, identify what they worry about, their top answers were being able to make the mortgage or rent payments, their physique, their wrinkles or aging appearance, their job security, their financial management or credit card debts, their diet, their savings and or financial future, and the top one was just getting old in general was what they worried about. Now, none of those really compare to war or being burned at the stake, but that doesn't mean that our worries can't cause us harm. Writer Don Joseph Gawey uh, wrote in the Huffington Post that the stress hormones that worry dumps into our brains have been linked to shrinking brain mass, lowering IQ, making one more prone to heart disease, cancer, and premature aging, and in the senior population, chronic worry can likely develop uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. I realized just now that if you are a natural worrier, I just gave you something new to worry about. <laughs> hey, but, but don't worry because help is on the way. I've got something to help both of us. And it starts with this humorous quote made even 500 years ago uh, when Michelle de Montaigne wrote, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. You know, intuitively, we, we, we know that that's probably true, but someone has actually done a study now about that. That same author from the Huffington Post noted uh, a study in which subjects were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time and then go back and identify which of those worries did not actually happen. Lo and behold, it turns out that 85% of what subjects worried about never happened. And we know that's probably true. But wait, there's more. When they imagined worries did materialize 15% of the time, even then, 79% of the subjects discovered that either they could handle that difficulty better than they expected, or that the difficulty taught them a lesson that was worth the learning. So the author concluded that means 97% of what we worry over is not much more than just our fearful minds punishing us with exaggerations and misperceptions. Boy, our imagination, that is a God-given gift. But when we let our imaginations just run wild, conjuring up completely imaginary worries 85% of the time, 
Boy, that's reason enough to learn how to rein in our imaginations. But how do you do that? Further studies about worry have discovered that if worries are not given a toehold in our consciousness, they are soon forgotten. In other words, when when worries arise, we have about a 90-second window in which to dismiss them. That means 90 seconds to figure out if they are something worth worrying about or not. It's not a lot of time. After that, once worries gain a, a, a footing in our psyches, dismissing them becomes a much more difficult task. So what's the trick? in dismissing all those imaginary worries 85% of the time? And how do we deal with the things that turn out to be real worries 3% of the time? Interestingly, both questions are answered the same way. Be still and know that I am God. Imagine what it would be like that whenever worries arise that we have trained our brains to, to, to internally speak to us to say well in the unlikely event that would ever actually happen God would still be there for us so there's no need to worry about it here's an example every year our family puts on a fair number of highway miles making a trip to visit my family in Colorado uh, usually just after Christmas and we all know that winter driving can uh, be cause for enough Uh, of uh, more than one worrisome scenario, including what would you do if you ever broke down in wintry conditions? Well, because we know that can happen, we always prepare for it, pack extra sleeping bags and whatnot, but we don't spend a lot of time worrying about it. And then on one trip, it happened. Uh, We were coming back to South Dakota on New Year's Day, Stopped in North Platte, Nebraska for lunch, and after lunch we got back into the car to leave, and I turned the key, and nothing happened. My first thought is, what's wrong with the car? My next thought is, how are we going to find someone to fix it on New Year's Day? And the next thought was, how's this going to cost me? And, and they, these thoughts happen very rapidly and, uh, and accumulate very quickly. And I didn't actually quote Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. But my very next thought basically covered the gist of that passage when I thought, hey, wait a minute. At least we are in a town and not stranded along the highway. And even if we can't find a mechanic to fix it today, we'll just find a hotel and uh, and do that tomorrow. We're going to be okay. By the way, you're going to want to know what happened, uh, actually. There were no mechanics open, but there was an auto parts store open, and uh, really the only thing they would ever do for a car is is put in a battery, and guess what? It needed a new battery. Uh, So there was actually nothing to worry about, an imaginary worry. If we could remember in the first 90 seconds that when we start to worry, that there's actually no scenario in our future that doesn't include God. No scenario we can dream of that does not include God. That's when we realize that our main reason to worry, which is, how am I going to do this by myself, is simply not a real worry. Because we never have to do it by ourselves. Because God has always promised to be there with us. Be still and know that I am right here.
Okay, that might be works for imaginary worries, but how about that 3% when our reason for worry is very real? I mean, what are we supposed to do when a parent has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's? Or when a fire forces you from your home? Or when a brother is diagnosed with a deadly kind of leukemia? I mean, each of those scenarios are very real worries because they threaten to take away something or someone of great significance to us and sometimes succeeds in doing so. And I know because those are my scenarios. How are we supposed to, to not worry about things that are real worries? Same way, be still and know that I am God. I mean, we watched how that disease of Alzheimer's slowly robbed us of our mom, and we, we knew there was nothing that anybody could do about that, and that one day, the disease would take her life. But for me, I, I wasn't worried about her dying. My worry was that all those memories that made her mom to me just seemed to be gone forever, taken away from her. And where was God when she was being robbed of all that. Well, I came to believe that God was still with her and that he was safeguarding all of her memories that she no longer had access to herself, but keeping them safe until that day when she would at last be rid of her disease and, she, and, and those memories could be returned to her. Be still and know that I am God. Or when we were forced out of our house after a fire, there were a thousand worries. Where are we going to live? Where are we going to stay that next night? Where are we going to find clothes? How do we go about all the stuff we have to do for insurance and all the, the details and getting things back together? But all of those worries seemed to diminish when we immediately were surrounded by a multitude of people who wanted to make sure we had everything we needed for that day and the next. Just be still. And know that I am God. My brother's battle with cancer started a year and a half ago with surgery. And then he underwent chemo for months and then a bone marrow transplant. And there was no assurance that any of it would work. And worry came pretty naturally. But we prayed for him every step of the way and came to trust that God was going to be a part of whatever future was in store for him. And here, a year and a half later, his doctors just last month cleared him for travel. And he came to visit us. Be still and know that I am God. You know, our sin that we confess each and every week, it makes it hard for us to remember and to trust the truth of those words. But when we do remember... It is an immediate relief to realize that when the problems are real and that they're bigger than us and that whatever worrisome future we are imagining, God, whose love for us is even more real, has got us covered. It doesn't matter if our worries are imaginary or if they are real and truly worrisome. Our approach to worry is the same. Trust in the God whose love for us stands.
And yes, we know God doesn't always do what we hope God will do. And God certainly does not keep our lives trouble-free. But what God does do is always stands with us and provides what we need each day as we go through it. And when you think about it, if God's got you, honestly, there is no need to worry. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Therefore, we will not worry. Amen. Now, may the peace of God which passes all our understanding keep our hope and our hearts centered on Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.